One of my favorite writers is Louis Grizzard. You know, he belonged to that little Methodist church up in Moreland, Georgia. And even though he can be profane, I still love the guy. And one day, Lewis was writing about how life really took off for him when he found three people. Lewis Grizzard said that life really took off for him when he found a doctor who said, it's all right if you smoke. It's not going to hurt you. He said, boy, life really got better when I found a doctor who would say that. And then he said, life got even better when he found an accountant to do his taxes who would say that 2 plus 2 equals 4, 5, 6, or whatever you want it to equal. He said, life was really good when I found that. But he said, it all came together for me when I found a preacher who said, it's all right what you believe, or even if you don't believe, because everybody's going to be saved in the end anyway. But as we turn to Scripture, we see that Jesus makes it clear that people who are apart from Him are lost. To set the context for Luke chapter 15, Jesus is sitting and eating with a bunch of sinners, tax collectors, and outsiders. And all the churchy people begin to mumble and complain. Why? Because they can't believe that Jesus is hanging out with these kind of people. And in response to their mumbling, Jesus tells some stories to better explain the heart of God. And in this chapter of increasing intimacy, he tells about a shepherd who loses one of his 100 sheep. And then he speaks about a woman who loses one of her 10 coins. And then we have this story about a man who loses one of his two sons. But those of you with children know that each child is special. So this is really a story about a man who loses a son. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to, field, to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? 
And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The son asked for his inheritance. Now, during this time, this was only done when the dad died. So the son is basically saying, i rather have my inheritance than have you alive, dad. As I was reading this week, I saw that one person said that the enormity of the crime against the dad cannot be explained. Because at this time, a dad would have had his son beat and sent away because of a request like this. The dad would be embarrassed, the neighbors would be talking, and the dad would be heartbroken. But instead of having his son beat, this dad fulfills his son's request and divides up his estate. And when the kid gets his share, he packs up and moves on. Now, why did the son leave home? Why did he decide to leave? Why did he do this to his dad? We're not told anything about the specific reason. But the base of the reason is quite clear. He was looking for freedom. He was looking for the freedom to do whatever he wanted. He wanted to be in control, to go out looking for a better life on his own, away from his dad. He went out looking for freedom and control in what he thought would be a much better life. It's like he's saying, Dad, can I just have my money now? Because I'd rather do my own thing. I think I'm going to go my own way. Because... This is my life. And I want to call the shots, Dad. I don't want to be tied down anymore. I'm looking for freedom. I don't want to say that I know better than you do, but I actually kind of sort of do. You see, I'm looking for a different and a better life than I have with you. And he packs up and he goes far away. Now, if we're honest, when it comes to us and God, 
Doesn't that sound like the story of our lives? When it comes to us and God, doesn't that sound so familiar? I mean, so often, aren't we like, God, you're great and all, but I'm actually doing quite well without you. And I hate to tell you, but this is actually my life. And I'm glad you want me to follow you, but I don't like being tied down. And I'm going to go and do my own thing, and I know that I shouldn't do whatever. It's supposedly not good for me, but God, don't worry. This is my life, and I'm an adult. I'll be fine. I know my priorities, and I know they should probably be different. And I'll try to make it to church when I can. I'll pray whenever I think about it, but I have to do what's right for me. God, you're welcome to be part of my life, but it's really my life. When it comes to us and God, doesn't that sound familiar? The son packs up and he leaves for a distant place looking for freedom, control, and a better life. And once there, he quickly burns up his money through wild living. And then there's a famine. And he goes from wild living to living out in the field with pigs, eating worse than the pig food. He went out looking for control, freedom, and a better life. And he was so sure and confident that he would find it on his own. But he quickly finds out the complete opposite. Instead of freedom, he's just trying to survive. Instead of having control, he has none. And instead of finding a better life, he hits rock bottom. All of this, this is the perfect picture of our lives when we live our lives far away from God. Because apart from God, we go out looking for control. And we think that we're so tough and free to do whatever we want to do. Yet we end up becoming a slave to an addiction that ends up leaving us with zero control. And maybe not as clear is the truth that apart from God, our identity, who we are, becomes based off what other people think about us. And of what they think about our job, what they think about our income, and even how we think that we look in the mirror. And because of all of this, we end up with zero freedom. We're just living off the validation and the approval of others, and we become a workaholic, and we're actually quite miserable, and we're just chasing a dollar. And if we could just buy that house, get that boat, upgrade the car, get that promotion, then, then our life would be fantastic. 
and as a whole, apart from God, we go out looking for a better life. And even if we end up with everything we always wanted, we still feel empty and restless. We haven't found the joy, the peace, the contentment that we were looking for. Because just like the sun in this story, we go out looking for freedom and we find the opposite. And then the sun finally comes to his senses and he realizes it'd be better to go home. His life would be better working for his dad as a slave than it would be to stay where he is. He decides he's going back home to confess his wrongs to his dad. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. Not, not, not the response the son was expecting. And the son begins to confess I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. The dad tells the servant to bring out the best robe, to put a ring on his son's finger, to put sandals on his feet, and to fetch the fattened calf. Something that was only done for a special guest. And the dad says, we must celebrate. Why? Because this son of mine was dead. And he has come back to life. Now, try to hear this story like you're hearing it for the very first time. The son commits an outrageous crime against his dad. Dad, I wish you were dead. And the whole town would have been talking about that spoiled, worthless, deadbeat son. Did you hear what he did to his dad? And that arrogant kid sets off looking for control and freedom and a better life. Only to end up living with pigs. And yet, when the son comes home, the dad runs up to him and hugs him and kisses him. And even though the son is trying to say, Dad, I'm so sorry. Because if you want to know what the heart of God looks like, this is it. It looks like a father who throws a party because he was waiting. If you had a child who was far away, wouldn't you look at their pictures on your wall every day? I have a friend who knows what the walls of heaven looks like. In October of 2001, a month after 9-11, my friend visited New York. Smoke was still rising from the wreckage. Many people still held handkerchiefs over their faces because the smell was still almost overwhelming. Bulldozers and cranes were hard at work, and brave soldiers 
workers were trying to remove the massive pile of rubble. A fence had been put up around Ground Zero to keep visitors at a safe distance. Almost every inch of that fence was covered with flowers, pictures, and notes. The notes were from children and family members expressing hope that their missing loved ones would reappear. Loved ones put pictures on the fence and captions read things like, Have you seen this woman? Some people were carefully described what they were last wearing, what floor they worked on, with names and contact information. And one heartbreaking poster simply said, Have you seen my daddy? Later, New York gathered all those messages and all those pictures and placed them on a 90-foot wall at St. Vincent's Hospital. It's called the Wall of Hope and Remembrance. Now, none of us knows what heaven looks like. But if there's a wall, that's what it looks like covered with the pleas and prayers and pictures of lost souls our God wants to save. Jesus is still reaching out in love to you. And He's waiting for you to make a response to that love. He's waiting for you to open up your heart to that love so that He can give you forgiveness. Because that's the greatest moment in all time for God, when one of His children says, I've been gone too long. I've tried it my way, and it's not working. I'm going home. Isn't it time for you to turn to Him? You simply start by saying, Lord, I want to be close to You. I'm coming home. And then, you confess your sins. God already knows them. But just confess that you've made a mess out of your life and that you need Him. And then trust that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, all of your sins, and that by believing in Him, you have eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.